listening to the Late Registration Podcast, a podcast that inspires teachers, administrators, and parents to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards creating more accessible and equitable educational spaces. Your hosts, Ashley and Michelle, are educators, moms, and SEL fanatics, and we are obsessed with empowering the next generation of leaders. Join us as we change the narrative on misbehavior and discuss all things education, including building connections, restorative practices, behavior, and social-emotional learning. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Late Registration Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Michelle. And we are here with Sharon Bradley of Restorative Flow Educational Solutions. And so we're just going to go ahead and kick it off. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how Restorative Flow began? and how you became involved with combating chronic absenteeism. We'll start with the first question. Sorry, I know that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite okay. I'm just really excited to have this conversation with the two of you today. Um, I'm Sharon Bradley, originally from Mississippi. Okay. And I graduated from Mississippi State wow. like on a Friday and on Monday. <laughs> I was in the classroom <laughs> here in Texas as a special education teacher. Wow. I know, right? Uh, well, you know how it is. Yes. You go to college. I fell in love, and my fiance at the time, he moved to Texas, and here I am. You, I'm like, I'm an educator. I can get a job anywhere, <laughs> which was true. It is, yeah. And so um, from there, um, and it was middle school at that. I believe that middle school is like New York. If you can make it there. there, you can be successful anywhere. <laughs> I am so serious. So um, from there, I was a dropout prevention um, coordinator. We just had several students who um, were making decisions and they felt that dropping out of school was their only decision. Mm-hmm. And so it was just great working with each individual student get into the root cause as to why they weren't attending and mobilizing resources and services in order to support them, not to re-engage them, but to support them until they got across the finish line, That's which awesome. was graduation. And so I went back to school, got my master's from Prairie View and became an assistant principal and principal of an alternative high school. Okay. Wow. And you know how in your personal life, you kind of began to notice a shift. I had, I noticed a shift in my professional life. Um, I realized as a principal, I was expected to lay down the hammer. You know, I was at an alternative school when kids, you know, do things on a regular campus. Mm-hmm. They send them to me, and when they come mm-hmm. to me, oh, but what are you going to do? Right. And I did what was expected, unfortunately. I was suspending students, and and you know how you do things that just does not sit right with your soul? Yes. And <laughs> it, it just did not. However, at the time, um, I didn't have any tools in my toolbox. Right. And so I did some research, and learned came across restorative practices wow. and that was about gosh maybe about 12 15 years okay. ago 
And wow. So I, oh, yeah, yeah, just recently. <laughs> and so I saw that there was a training in, you know, in another state. And I got trained for five days through the International Institute for Restorative Practices. Yeah. And it just truly changed my whole way of thinking and my leadership style. So I took time. You know how they say there's power and pause? So I took time when the kids misbehaved or when they did things that they shouldn't shouldn't do, I paused and of course, began to dive in a little deeper as to why. Because you know that behavior is communication. Mm-hmm. And just because my kids were 16, 17, 18, some even, you know, 19, 20 mm-hmm. years old, does not, it didn't mean that they had the skills, the behavior skills. Because, you know, when kids don't know how to read, what do we do? We teach. You know, when kids <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, are struggling in math, we teach. But when kids don't know how to behave, right. we punish. We suspend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we should still teach, teach. because, you know, they're, they're still with us. And so um, that became my approach. Um, now, it wasn't my only approach, but just like as a, a teacher in the classroom, when you learn a new instructional strategy, you begin to use the new strategy a little more and the old strategy a little less, yeah. right? So um, I just realized I was contributing to chronic absenteeism because, you know, chronic absenteeism is when a kid missed school for any reason. Mm-hmm. Suspensions. <laughs> yeah. One of yeah. Them. And I did not want to be a part of the problem anymore. So long story short, but prior to being restorative, I was suspending gosh, well over 150 times a year. And um, over a three to five year period of time in my last year as a principal, I probably suspended less than 20, 25. Wow. Wow. That's a marked difference. The the school didn't burn down. Right. We didn't end up on the news. (laughs) It's just, you know. I it, love but, that. But it's a process. Yeah. It's, it's a process. And, and that was at an alternative school. At an alternative high school. So these were students who hadn't been successful mm-hmm. for whatever reason mm-hmm. at their neighborhood school. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so um, the the success that we had there, I was promoted into the, uh, to the role I'm in now. Um, I'm a director and under my umbrella is... SEL, restorative practices, truancy mm-hmm. prevention, parent engagement. I get to support this district wide. And um, since I've been working, gosh, it's been 22 years in education. Wow. I can't, like, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I was right. Um, I've been asked several times to present at conferences, to facilitate professional learning experiences mm-hmm. and so and to help with program implementation so I said you know what I think I may get an LLC and um, restorative flow educational solutions was born restorative and that's the foundation mm-hmm. yeah. of the work that I do um, and flow is short for my late mother so restorative flow educational solutions just um designing um different 
strategies and solutions in order to help our kids. That is amazing. And And just when you were talking about that, it's just so weird to me that teaching behavior is such a foreign concept, even still today. I know you said that you learned about... And especially high school. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. right. We just expect them, they've already gotten here, so they should already know. But really, they may have just gotten there by whatever means necessary and, and not have picked up those skills. You know, we have kids who make it to high school and don't know how to read, mm-hmm. but we still teach them. We That's still right. attempt to. Yes. You know, and, and we don't blame them for that. Right, right. But when they show up to high school and can't, quote unquote, behave, mm-hmm. we blame we penalize, mm-hmm. we punish, mm-hmm. and we miss the teaching piece so much, yeah. I think, so often. We do, and I think there's a step before the teaching piece, and, I mean, it's the connecting I was going to say, that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when kids misbehave, typically, <laughs> I, uh, behavior issues are, dis- uh, are trust issues that are disguised. Yeah. And once a kid trusts you and when they know that you're real and when they know that you see them as a human being, they typically respond differently towards you. Yeah. Yeah. They want to do, you know, well and and everything. And I even think even in my home with my own kids, I notice that when I'm listening to them a little bit more instead of just harping at them, Mm -hmm. especially I have a middle schooler right now and so it's it's a challenge some days um but when i'm really trying to just listen to what he has to say we can connect and we can get through it whereas if i'm just imposing my will which is what i want to do with most of the time um that's when i get that pushback oh yeah Mm -hmm. i have a high school student yeah so yeah because you know we think we know what's best and like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh you know i've been your age you hadn't you had right but at the end of the day no matter if they're elementary, middle, high school, they just want to be understood. Right. Even if they're wrong, they just want an opportunity to share what's on their hearts and mind. Even if we don't want to hear right. as parents, you know, we <laughs> mm-hmm. just got to stretch it out, That's, you know. Sometimes I find myself thinking that, like, you really didn't have to share that much All with of me. That. <laughs> what happened to the days where kids kept things from parents? Like, I didn't tell my parents nothing right nothing you know and so it's like that balance yeah i don't yeah but we also tell them you can tell us i know i know know. and they're like okay okay well (laughs) yes here we go yes yeah i love that too because i think everyone wants to be seen and heard Mm -hmm. and i think that just as adults we forget that kids also want to be seen and heard. Yeah. And I bet if you would ask the majority of educators working in campus buildings today, you know, what is one thing that your building administrator could do to help to help you? It it would all boil down to being seen and heard. Right. Validate my concerns, support me, yeah. see me, hear me. It doesn't change no matter the age, nope, you know, or the position or, yeah. or whatever. So yeah. That's really neat that you have kind of like dialed in to how all of the things that we try to instill in children, SEL, restorative practices, you know, being nice humans, being, you know, having all of those types of skills and how the absenteeism plays into that Mm -hmm. and what they miss and how important all of those things are in solving that issue. 
which is huge yeah. for, I think, every school district. <laughs> I mean, it's a hot button issue for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the wake of the pandemic. I mean, I'm sure there were probably oh, even issues there when kids were remote, just yeah. still getting getting onto the computer, you know, the, what the barriers are to that, whether it's mm-hmm. technology or just the motivation. I mean, yeah. yeah. And the sad thing is our doors physically closed, you know, March 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. And here it is, November 2022, and some of our students have yet to return. I know. That, mm-hmm. I, that that's a hard pill to yeah, swallow. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. That's, it's like we lost, lost we them. We lost them. They literally slipped through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is, do you see as being one of the causes of chronic absenteeism that you see? Life. Yeah. Um, Housing insecurity. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. have lots of mobile students and families, um, economic insecurities, um, where they may not have, you know, electricity or food. Um, fam- parents have lost their jobs mm-hmm. or, you know, had to change jobs and the emotional toll that that takes, not just on the parent, but on the entire family. Right. The kids are harboring um, a lot of that. They absorb it. Yeah. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. And um, mental wellness. Um, I've uh, talk with students. Uh, you were talking about the students who were attending classes remotely, and they wouldn't have their cameras on because, you know, there there was a certain anxiety about being on camera. Mm-hmm. And I've even had students to tell me that they they have phobias of being in a physical space with other adults or other students. students. And so um, it's just on the anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on yeah. and on. Like our kids, several of our kids are not well. And um, right now, making sure that we connect them to the resources. But then you have a whole nother issue now is the wait time. Right. Yes. You know, you identifying yes. these and them actually receiving yep. the the support that they need emotionally. And how many times do they just, I mean, I've talked about this before. I navigated the, you know, psychiatric inpatient world. And I am a social worker by degree, right? Okay. So I have always worked with people in at-risk situations, whether it's kids or adults. I know the lingo, like I know where I can Mm -hmm. go to find things. And just even for us to navigate that was a complete nightmare. Mm -hmm. And so I can't imagine people who don't have that, don't have that background knowledge and the resources. Like we had insurance. I could pay the Mm co-pays. I could be put on a payment plan for all the inpatient stays still on the payment plans. Several major hospitals in DFW know my name, Um, but, but I had that option Mm -hmm. and I can imagine like going somewhere and finding out there's a four month wait or a six month wait 
Well, by then, I mean, that's just like, you might as well just tell somebody no. Yeah. You know, because by then they may not even be in the same place. I'm, by then it's going to be too late. Mm-hmm. And just how many people just right. give up Yeah. before even making it to the first access point. And the need is, is so there because think about, you know, the illness that has plagued you know, our families, the loss. Mm -hmm. So many people have lost so many people in their lives. Mm -hmm. Just things, just the loss of the life that they once knew. Knew, right. You know, or the home that they knew. It's just, um, there is um, a suicide and crisis line, 988. Um, That has truly been instrumental in getting students and children and families the support that they need in the moment. Yep. Now, every time that they call, they may talk to a different counselor. Right. Um, and, but that has been a resource that I've used and shared in order to help them until we get them with a counselor That's a great, or a therapist yeah. on a regular basis. And they're really good. Like I, I'm one of those type of people that, like you say, I want to navigate through the system right. so that I can tell them and give them tips as to how to navigate the system. Mm-hmm. So I call 988. I think the longest I've ever held on was maybe two minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. I was able to get a counselor wow. or a therapist on, on the line. But uh, no, the wow is this, y'all. You don't, if you don't feel comfortable talking, you can text 988. That's nice. Which our, our kids, kids. I was yes. going to say, that's and the they easiest. Can receive support awesome until we can you know have that proper handoff to a designated counselor or therapist so that is amazing and it's nationwide so for all your viewers yes yeah or listeners yeah i don't know why too like i think again this is the way i was seeing it from my perspective 988 i'm thinking i would use that in a like an emergency crisis situation which yes you would use it but you can also use it on days where we're struggling and we just can't and we're waiting yeah i never thought to use it during that gap because then you prevent that crisis Mm -hmm. you know or or you can yes delay it until you can get some some help absolutely that's a good little good check (laughs) 988 988 we did it yes and i love the texting feature because i mean that i mean even for me i'm thinking just text me yeah (laughs) no don't call me. Just text me. I even, I would do that if I was in, you know, and it, it does kind of give you a little bit, if, like you said, with the kids who have kind of anxiety about talking to people. I mean, I sometimes have anxiety talking to people on the phone. So I can't imagine a kid too, like, okay, yeah. if I can text it and they're so used to it, then you kind of feel a little bit of anonymity and I guess privacy in a way too, because safer. it's not, it's safer. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. That's, that's really cool any other big causes i mean i know you said life and i and i know the i i see a lot too with the housing insecurity i have a couple of friends who are experiencing that right now mm-hmm. um and i i don't know if they're quite aware of the effects it's having on their school age children mm-hmm. you know and so and i know probably mental health is in there as well it just all seems to be kind of swirling you know wow. how do we you know how as school staff, how can they go about 
um, kind of building those relationships with the families and students to help with that? Yeah, well, number one, creating um, a space where kids want to be rather than where they have to be. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Um, you cannot underestimate being welcoming mm-hmm. and positive and cheerful because kids don't pay attention to what we say. They pay attention to our body language right. and our energy. I mean, that's, that's a real thing. Um, recognizing yeah. our students for, you know, improved attendance rather than, or, or you know, rather than perfect attendance. Yeah. Um, all our kids, there's a difference between perfection and progress. Right. But progress is truly, you know, helping our kids in a variety um, of ways. Um, we utilize social emotional learning and restorative practices to build community, to connect kids to one another, to connect kids to the adults so that they can connect to the, the content and the academics. All those things play a part. Um, and building those positive relationships, uh, positive phone calls home. Do not underestimate yes. the power of the positive <laughs> phone call. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you have to make it on the first day of school before, you know, the little Johnny <laughs> does anything, you know what? Johnny opened the door for all the young ladies in class today. You know, mama, I just want you to know that it can go a long it way. Can. Because guess what? There may be a time when you may have to call mm-hmm. for something else. And the the parent may be more receptive to hearing it from you. Exactly, because you have something positive um, to say. That's awesome. No, that that does help a lot with the the positive notes home. I think that's a huge thing. I just think about when I was a, I was a middle school teacher, mm-hmm. also, and it was those phone calls home always kind of set the tone mm-hmm. for the rest of the year, and it was. You talk, you and my mom are on first name basis, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we started out, it become kind of, yeah. kind of like friends, you know. That's what happens so. when we're helping raise children. I yep. think it takes more than just one person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like to, you know, just the, the energy of the room, because I think like, if I think personally, I, it's not that I don't, well, I don't like to be around people who are constantly negative with bad energy. Not that I, I expect everyone that I'm ever with to always be upbeat and positive. But I think that is true too. Mm -hmm. Like kids, they're not going to like create the environment they're going to want to be in, not the one that you tell them to, you know, and make that welcoming for them and a nice place for them to walk into every day. I think that's super important too, because. Yeah. And then encourage the kids to take care of one another. Like if I'm absent. Yeah. You know, it's something for, you know, the teacher or the kid to reach out and say, hey, we missed you today. Is everything okay? You know, or my peers to say, hey, we had this homework. I saw right. you there. Are we going to see you tomorrow? People, as you said earlier, want to feel seen, mm-hmm. want, even when they're not there. Right. Like somebody noticed. Right. You know, and and I just hope that when we build these classrooms and schools and districts, we also build the community that, you know, let's take care of one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I will say too, just as someone who with not necessarily truancy, but just tardiness, sometimes my kids are tardy sometimes, mm-hmm. that front office staff, Ooh. <laughs> just 
can make or break a kid's day, yes. you know? And if I see, yes. if I just think, and this is even when I was a kid, sometimes my mom, my mom worked night shift and my dad would leave for work before we even got up. So mm-hmm. it was, she would be rushing to get us to school, but she was like ready to, you know, go to crash, mm-hmm. to go to sleep. And I just can remember just panicking mm-hmm. when we'd go in there and get the office slip or, you know, one time I got oh. there late and I just remember this sticks out to me so much is that the janitor was there and he was just like, just come on in, just, you know, you're fine. It, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And he just let me go to class. Mm-hmm. And I mean, probably a break in procedure and, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but I just needed that for that day. Yes. Yes. And oh my gosh. And it's not what you say is how you say, how you say it. it. So yeah, I'm absent or I'm, I'm tardy. tardy. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, you're tardy again. How about, you know what? Because you're here, we are now complete. Yep. Here's your time. Here's your, slip. Yeah. Hey, we're you doing know, SEL back, time right go, now. Go yeah. yeah. It's it's those things. Yes. Because if a person feels shamed and blamed, and if they mm-hmm. have that anxiety that you have mm-hmm. to enter the, uh, the school, guess what? They may decide to not enter the school. Right. They probably could have been late some days, but now they're absent because they didn't want they didn't want to, to deal, deal with, with that. that. Yeah. Oh, and gosh, it's hard. Yes. You know that's. And I had enough mm-hmm. social capitalism, like my parents were involved at school, mm-hmm. so I could combat that. But if I didn't have that, then no, yeah, you know, if you didn't have, if I didn't have the, factors, right. Yeah. So it's wow. just, it's, yeah. so that front, that front office staff can make or break, I think. And I've seen that even in schools that I've visited, you know, it's like, oh, how are we greeting these kids who are coming in? How are we talking to the parents? Mm-hmm. You know, are we, and I know that it's hard to take that time. I know all these things, like we said, it takes time to to do restorative practices, to to have a restorative community, but how great would it be to the culture and climate is it's everything. everything. Yeah, it we preach that, but everyone in the building, even that janitor. Exactly. You, everyone. Yep. Plays a part in that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Oh yeah. That. I yeah. Know. And I wonder too, like that says a lot about that building that he felt safe enough yeah. To do that for you. Yep. Without like constantly feeling somebody was looking, looking over, over his shoulder and I then getting yelled Garcia. at him. Mr. Garcia. He was our oh. <laughs> Rudy Garcia. That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What an impact he made I know. on you. It was. It really was. I still think I can picture my little third grade self, you know, going in there and I was like, and my classroom was right there, you know, and, and he just like, come on, just come on in. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I would like to know some things that families can do um, to combat chronic absenteeism just as a professional, Mm -hmm. but also as a mom, because like today I've had a lot of conversations with my kids. I got three kids in high school Mm -hmm. and I've had a lot of conversations about like last Friday, one of my kiddos woke up late, which is not like them at all. They're normally like, all I have to do is like, literally knock on the door and they're awake, mm-hmm. but they had fallen back asleep. And then it's like <sighs> the rush oh, yeah. to get ready and mm-hmm. I'm not ready. And then mm-hmm. so was I was in the bathroom, you know, it's like this whole, then it becomes this whole thing. And I said, well, do you need a mental health day? Because it wasn't like them to fall back asleep. And his attitude was off. He's normally like very cheery. And so I was like, you know, do you need a mental health day? Like there's something going on. Or is this something that you can push through and, you know, maybe we'll go grab breakfast and you'll just be like a little bit late, but it won't be like this huge rush and your sibling, you won't be holding your siblings up. Right. 
you know, because that's a whole other issue. And so, you know, so we were just late that day, but then today it's like, we had a full down mental breakdown. We needed a mental health day. And I know that if they go to school and that's their mindset, it's going to punish everybody. <laughs> Teachers. all. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to learn anything. He's going to have a horrible day. I mean, it's just, you know, but what are some things that we can do as families to support our schools and support our kids without falling into the chronic absenteeism or even like triggering truancy warnings? Yeah. Well, even uh, when our kids are, are little, you know, um, whether it's pre-K or kindergarten, you know, explicitly express the expectation to attend school every day on a daily basis. It's just, that's the expectation. Mm -hmm. However, um, you know, it's important to build in routines and teach routines like those mm -hmm. evening routines when they get out of school, you know, yeah, they get a snack from their homework or, you know, get rest or, or whatever. But then also those, you know, well, the bedtime routines, mm -hmm. make sure you got your clothes out mm -hmm. for tomorrow. You know, make sure you got your, your backpack packed so you don't have to look for those things that in the morning. morning or especially when they're little finding shoes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I cannot tell you how many more I can't find my shoes. Yeah. Okay. Did you put everything yeah. in one spot where you could just wake up, wash your face, brush your teeth, and everything you need is right there? Um, as you get older, as our kids get older, um, you know, that begins to shift a little right. bit. Right. They're responsible that, for yeah. There, there are you know more you know a, a breakdown so to speak, or you just wake up and you know your kid is just not quite right. Um, my daughter, I had told her your cell phone is to be downstairs on the island mm -hmm. until you put your clothes on. You know, get everything that you need done for school. Then you get your phone because what was happening mm -hmm. on social media while she's oh, getting dressed yes. and it took forever yep. right so you know once you pack snacks or lunch or whatever then you know kind of like if like i guess i go back to my special education days you know first this yes then, then this, this. yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i love that and, and then also you know um most school districts have software where you can check your, your child's grades and attendance in real time. Mm -hmm. So just make it in a habit mm -hmm. to, you know, check and make sure everything's on the up and up. And if there are any questions, you can then have those conversations. You don't have to wait until weeks pass. And you're like, wait, what? What happened? You know, right. Six days? How did that happen? So if you do those things every day or, you know, every other day, it don't snowball into mm -hmm. something um that's right. And then having regular communication with your child's teachers and, and staff, you know, so they know you by name or, um, and so forth. So those are some suggestions that I, I have just for parents to help combat chronic absenteeism. Routines. I like those routines, yeah. structure, expectations that this is just kind of this is just what we do. We do, yeah. But also put the home structures in place to support that yeah. expectation. Right, right. You know, like that's if, the key. Mm -hmm. If this happens, what's the backup? You know, yeah. What's what's the plan? Or 
if we're saying, hey, you need to do this, what what are the structures that we have in place right. to support those expectations? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I know. Some of it is cleaning out the closet so the shoes can fit in there, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, to yeah. make that space for it. So. And parents, I also, I mean, because we just talked about this, we have lots of families that are very mobile, housing insecurities mm-hmm. and things like that. Update your contact information so that, because this work, it mm-hmm. goes two ways. Right. So we want to make sure as you're contacting um, the teachers and the school that they have a way to contact you and have good information. Love that. Yeah, that's such an important it piece. Is. Mm-hmm. It is. It made me think of, have you guys heard of this movie called Beats? It came out before the pandemic. So 2019 and it's Anthony, I think it's called Beats. It's on Netflix, or it was. It's Anthony Anderson who who played the dad in Blackish. Oh, okay. Show. Okay, and he is the estranged husband of a school principal, and they're trying to track down kids that are haven't showed up to school. Mm-hmm. And so one kid, he is just at home, and his mom is Macy Gray. You guys know she's named yes. Macy Gray. Yeah. yeah. So that's is that his mom? Maybe that's not his mom. It might not be his mom, but anyways, her voice sounds like Macy Gray. And so he is a security guard. So he goes and he builds this relationship with this kid and is trying to get him to to come back to school. But he, this kid is a, he makes beats on his computer mm-hmm. and he set up this whole little at-home studio. And so that's how they kind of bond. But there's like some trauma and um, things like that that the kid has experienced as to why he doesn't want to come to school. Um, but it just made me think of too, that, you know, the school, like you said, it's a two way street, how the school is trying to build a positive relationship. They sent this security guard out to go visit him. So what can parents and families do to build on the other side, build positive relationships with the schools? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, those strong partners, be visible, um, volunteer more, Mm -hmm. um, you know, reach out to the teacher, not when something is wrong, right? Just to say, hey, I'm here, you know, I know my child, in order for him or her to be successful, we got to do this right. together, you know, <laughs> just so that, you know, educators know that they have a partner, right? you yeah. know, um, in this work. And so, um, again, just doing all the things at home to support attendance and love and care and support and then of course um reaching out that olive branch to the educators Mm -hmm. you know whether it's good or bad whatever the situation comes about we're going to figure this out together right do you see and this is not this is just a question i have do you see a lot of parents who because of their own i guess negative experience in the school system are reluctant to to do those things or to I just think right now parents have so much going on and we have some parents that are working two and three jobs and they don't have the energy Mm -hmm. and the time to truly keep everything together right yeah and I I don't think it's intentional Mm -hmm. I just think it's just a lot that they're trying to balance yeah that that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. because <clears throat> yeah, I just see a lot more parents, maybe, and maybe I'm assuming it's reluctance because of past experience, but you're right. Mm-hmm. We all have a lot more on our plates mm-hmm. today, so it is hard to keep, to keep up with. 
mm-hmm. everything that's going on in the school. And you're right. They may just not have the energy no, to deal with it, know. you know, like. And then it's priorities, too. I mean, yes, I mean, our kids' attendance is definitely a priority, but, you know, keeping the lights on, a roof over, right. making sure we have That food, we can you know? have those things. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, making sure those things, again, and then, okay, focus on my child's attendance and grades. and Right. Yeah. yeah. It's lower on that totem pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like chicken or the egg, you know, it's, they're both equally important mm-hmm. and, and there's good arguments for, I mean, I've been there as a parent where like things have got on like personal life, like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, somebody was sick or we had a death in the family mm-hmm. or a divorce or all, where it's just like, I can't deal with one more thing anymore. And I don't care if you failed that test <laughs> and I'm yeah. an educator. Yeah. You know, and so I've certainly have been there as an adult and as a parent. And so I think it, again, comes across as creating that welcoming environment where even a parent who's literally at the end of their tether Mm -hmm. can come in and not feel like they're going to be judged Judged. because they're at the end of their tether, you know. And that's why it takes a team, you know. we, we can't work in silos. It's not, a, school attendance is not just a responsibility of the administrator or the teacher or the parent. I mean, community members can mm-hmm. play a part. Yeah. In it. Social workers, counselors, school nurses. When one person is kind of needed, you tag, okay. Yeah. That's how you kind of keep it going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I do too. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, empowering the student too. You know, teaching them those SEL yes. skills, you know, making <laughs> responsible decisions. Vision. Do I? Um, there are several campuses that have what they call open lunch. You know, after I have this open opportunity to go get food, I can A, choose to go back to school or just yeah. go to my friend's house. Right. Which one? Which one am I going to do? There and you go. That's the freedom is, is hard mm-hmm. to 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 navigate especially yeah. if you didn't have that my um stepdaughter lived with us for a little bit and she had the open lunch and we mm-hmm. were like you know you can't you can't just go off wherever you were going you know and do whatever you want you still have the rest of your school day yeah, yeah. you know and again self-management is another skill most kids well we don't want to say most kids kids seem to be absent a lot on test days because they have certain anxieties mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the test. So teaching coping skills right. and teaching test-taking skills. Growth mindset. Yeah. Yes, all those things play a part in this work. Yeah. I mean, it seems, I hate to say it, but SEL seems so foundational mm-hmm. to so many of the problems that we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a solution to a lot of the problems that we have in education. Because like you said, that self-management, responsible decision, mm-hmm. problem-solving, mm-hmm. ethical, you know, decision-making. Yeah, have relationship right. skills, the power of positive relationships. Yeah. It all plays a huge part in this work. Yeah, it does. It really does wrap around it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was talking to my, like about, is this a push-through moment? or Because that's a skill, too. Like, there are times when mm-hmm. maybe I don't feel well, but I know but that I, I can. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that I'm, I technically I'm well enough to go to work, mm-hmm. but sometimes as an adult, there have been times where I'm like, I am just exhausted mentally and physically. I don't feel well. My body is telling me to rest. I need to take a day and rest. So it doesn't result in yep. even a longer illness. 
And then there's other times where it's like, oh yeah, you know, I've got a sniffle, but I'm fine. Or I didn't sleep a lot last night, but I'm fine. We don't give kids a lot of opportunities, I think, to make those decisions. Right. And develop that. While they're home. Yeah. So that when they do leave us and they go to college or they go wherever, Mm -hmm. that they know that you still got to get up and go. Like, bills are going to be there. (laughs) Classes, you know. Yeah. And another skill is asking for help. That's a skill. Yes. We have adults. Oh my goodness. I'm guilty of that at times. It's hard to, I mean, I'll say that it's it's hard. And I think too, and I don't know if I'll speak as a mother. I think it's hard too as well. Cause I think we wear Mm -hmm. so much, you know, it's like, we take care of everybody, everybody. everything Mm -hmm. but ourselves. ourselves. And that's to our detriment and to the detriment of the people who we care for, you know, and our future mothers yes, that are also learning from our, from our examples. Yeah. You know, drag us through, you know, I'll burn myself down to a crisp. Yeah. Those are all very important Mm -hmm. life skills and yeah. And empowering them. I love that. Um, How do we empower them to take charge of their education? Which I think now, I mean, just from, I have a senior and the, um, college readiness person at that camp has been really, really amazing about just pushing on information and, you know, cause so much has changed about the process. Oh, no, so much has changed. <laughs> yeah. And so, and they've been really, really helpful of just making sure that, you know, the onus is on the kids, but Hey parents, you know, if your kids yeah. haven't talked to you about this by now, it's coming up type of a thing. So, yeah. yeah. But I, again, because they're going to have to learn how to manage, how to navigate, and learning how they learn best. Like I will say with my sixth grader, he is loving the control that he has over his education. Now he has the Chromebook, mm-hmm. he brings it home, he will get on Pinnacle and show us, you know, all nice. his grades and everything. Whereas in elementary school, he wasn't as involved. Like I think he takes a little bit more ownership over it. Whereas my daughter, who's in second grade, she's just naturally you know on it like she will assign herself homework you know or whatever I mean she is just yeah yeah, she is very you know and she will tell you I am feeling anxious or I'm scared about the spelling bee so I I think I see little things but it's I I will say a lot of it's not for me it's them on their own and that's it's great to see that they feel empowered like you said Mm -hmm. to to do those things and so yeah absolutely yeah well, we do have some, we, we've talked a lot about education. I feel like we know you, but we want to know just a little bit more about you. And so we have a few questions. And the first question is, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, boy. <clears throat> you know, um, this would be a little sentimental. Um, it would definitely be my mom. As I touched on earlier, um, she passed away several years ago um, um, from breast cancer. And gosh, I supported her um, through that journey. And the whole time, you know, I my focus was trying to find, you know, the right doctors mm-hmm. and the treatment. And did because, she move here from Mississippi? No, no. We so you went back, back and, and forth. forth. Okay, yeah. Wow. And, and I was determined and hopeful. Oh no, I'm I'm gonna figure this out. But it, this just goes to show you the the headspace that, yeah. that I was in. But um 
I did not utilize that time to just ask the questions that I've always wanted right. to ask her because I felt that if I asked those questions, that would mean that I was giving up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that. Right. And then um, it came down to the very end. And as I was talking about earlier, we were, I was going back and forth. And I don't know if you guys remember or not, but it was, we had a lot of rain. One spring break, or I think it was in March. I mean, it was a lot, a lot. of rain. And I was driving back and forth. And my husband was trying to get me back to um, Mississippi. Well, I have been in Dallas for well over 20 years, never in my life. So in, um, I-20, that's how oh. it was shut down. It was flooded. Oh, like, my gosh. Oh, my God. We couldn't, like, go through. So we tried to go, like, towards Arkansas. Okay. Then that was flooded. 30, and we uh-huh. tried to go, like, down to Louisiana and loop around. Um, that was flooded. So there I didn't get that time to ask those questions. So, but you know, life has a weird way of of showing you things. And throughout these past years, you know, I've talked with her, and in her own way, I mm-hmm. believe she shares answers yeah, with me. Yeah, and some of those answers helped me throughout my own battle, you know, with the disease. So. If I say all that to say, definitely it would be my mom. That's definitely that is that. Thank you for sharing that. That yeah. was, I mean, that's really powerful and that's deep. Yeah, it it sits. I have my father is is ill, and so it just kind of makes me, you know, like you said, I don't want to ever say like, okay, I need to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to say I'm giving up, but I do want to share these that wisdom you know with my with my kids and eventually with my grandkids you know and things Mm -hmm. like that so yeah and and looking back you know I was immediately I was worried about asking you know the deep questions Mm -hmm. and everything and honestly I think if I was to do it all over again I just asked some surface level questions and as I built built my courage right go deeper Mm -hmm. so just Start with the surface, like just silly questions and dive from there. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love that. That's really good advice. Yeah. To just yeah. start. And it, look, weird thing, it goes back to being restorative. You know, we talk about those community building mm-hmm. restorative mm-hmm. circles. You don't put people in a circle and just try to solve a problem right. or, you know, <laughs> ask them what's, what are they afraid of. That's why you said, what are your favorites? Mm -hmm. You know, these low risk questions that people don't mind sharing. Right. You know, and then as they share more and I may ask you guys, you know, what is your um, Netflix, you know, addiction? Mm -hmm. You know, what you like (laughs) to, you know, your guilty pleasure or or your favorite ice cream. Right. You know, you don't mind sharing that. And as we spend time together and ask more questions it's just a natural progression to share what's truly important to yeah. us and and research shows that when we know more about one another we treat each other better yeah 
I agree. Dance lend into that positive learning environment. Right. Yeah. When we know more about each other, we treat each other better. We do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we do. Yeah. Know better, you do better. That's right. <laughs> Maya Angelou. Um, well, on a little bit of a different note, if you could go anywhere in the world, or even maybe the Ethernet, if you choose. I mean, why <laughs> limit ourselves? Or in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah there right? <laughs> right? <laughs> or even the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I mean, who's to oh say? Um, <laughs> where would you go on a dream vacation? Mm, you know... My husband and I, we've talked about this for several years. And one day, we're going to do it. Take a Mediterranean cruise. Ooh, yes. He's always wanted to go to Italy. I've always wanted to go to Greece, you know, South of France. You know, I'm one of those. I like to hop a little bit. I don't want to stay in one place for a long period Mm -hmm. of time. So I think the Mediterranean cruise is 10 days, you know. That's perfect. You know, I just That'd be awesome. You should. You deserve it. (laughs) If only it were that easy, right? Cha-ching. Yeah. That would be, no, that would be an awesome cruise, actually. I'm just thinking. When you said France, I was like, oh, yes. And I'm just thinking, too, the cuisine. Mm. Like, you get, you know, you would just get Mm. a a little taste of each, and then once you get tired of it, it's time for the next destination, you know? So, okay. Put that on my little thing, too. (laughs) Um, is there a piece of literature, book, music, or art that has had a profound effect on your life? I just read this book. Um, it's not new, but it's written by the Good Morning America host, Robin Roberts. Oh, ah. I love her. I do too. Oh my gosh. Um, it's the book, Everybody's Got Something. Oh, I love the title too. Yeah, I, and it is, it is so wonderful because she talks about no matter who we're around, no matter their background or anything like that, everybody is dealing with something, mm-hmm. whether it's illness, whether it's something with their children, whether it's finances. Everybody, everybody's yeah. got something, yeah. you know, so... You know, to be mindful of that, you know, to show some empathy. But then she flips it. And I love I love when she says, well, just like everybody dealing with something, despite all the things, everybody, they got something to give. Mm-hmm. They got something to contribute. Yeah. So no matter the socioeconomic level or whatever, Everybody has something to give and to contribute to the greater good. Yeah. You know, so let's not make any assumptions. Right. Or anything like that. Everybody has something. I love that. That's that's the book. That's, I mean, that right there is like a great suicide prevention Mm -hmm. message. I just think so many times people don't think they have Mm -hmm. anything worthy or to contribute Mm -hmm. and we all do. Yeah. You know, and no purpose. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just a waste. No, it's not going to matter right. anyway. Nobody's going to miss mm-hmm. me. And it does matter. It does. Um, one of the um, truancy prevention programs that I support is an attendance review board. And you hear from, you know, the campuses, what they've done to 
support the family, but we hear from the family, the students and the families, what's standing in the way okay. of a, of attending of um, attending school. But then we have you know the counselors and social workers. But one thing that I've realized is that everybody has two things. They have a story and a strength. So is there experiences that truly um, comes through in their actions and interactions with with others? And then, again, like Robert said, everybody has something. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it. The kid who is probably homeless, but comes to school every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kid got something. Right. Yes, he does. You know? So um, you just have to think about that and be that educator or be the parent or be that community member that sees it and speaks life into that child because sometimes they have it and they don't even know it. Right. And then just reach in and kind of pull it out of them so that they can truly use it in order to um, navigate through life. Right, mm-hmm. better their, their lives as well, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, everyone has a story and a strength. Mm-hmm. If that's not the I truth, know, I'm like, like, that's like going to be my motto to live by. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes when I, especially when I'm just driving, <laughs> it's hard mm-hmm. to see. You know, you just think, yeah. why is this person, you know, why is this person yelling at me? Why is this person cutting me off? Why is this person... Or why is this person who I thought loved me? Or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about fam- different family situations and just to be mindful of that, that everybody mm-hmm. has a story and a strength. But mm-hmm. all of those things made you who you are. Exactly. And your strength as educators, as adults, that, that equates to our purpose. Like, mm-hmm. there's a unique thing inside of me that makes me different from anyone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So... If I lean into that, that that gives me purpose, right? And I can, like I said, contribute to the greater good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too. Like I was sharing before, like about kids possible, and how like they fill my bucket so much that I almost mm-hmm. feel guilty because I feel like it's almost like I get more out of it mm-hmm. than you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's like that really hit home for me that that thought of, you know, if you lean into it, then that's what happens. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't feel guilty about having so much fun with these kids. And, but you feel you know, awesome. Yeah. Oh, and I feel amazing. And I love when they start to feel amazing. And when I, you know, notice even just little things mm-hmm. that they're able to manage better or to do better or make better choices, you know, it's really is. Life is just a bunch of little things lined up. Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of life is just a lot of little things lined up, you know, and and just acknowledging that. And then the look on their face when they realize that I acknowledged it is everything. It is. I mean, it really is. And it's just like, okay, I need to like turn that light bulb on for everybody that I can, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, ending on that, everybody has a strength and a story. Yeah, is, we can't get any better we can't than get that. Any, we can't top that. So yeah. thank you, Sharon, for spending this time with us today. Um, it's, it's been life-changing for me. It's really, for me, it's helped me to think about attendance and, and um, absenteeism in a different light. 
um, and just kind of a, a bigger part of the puzzle of life, if you will. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Yeah, and, it absolutely yeah. rolls all of that in together, which I wasn't, I had never thought about it yeah. in that way. That yes, all of the things that I love and we do, we sort of practice as SEL. A whole yeah. child approach. A whole child mm-hmm. approach. Attendance is a big piece of that. The whole child and the whole community. Yes. Yes. You know, yep. Bringing it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you again for joining us. And this has been Late Registration with Ashley. And Michelle. And we'll see you next, next time. time. <laughs> We're such dorks. <laughs> This has been a Two Profesh production. Have a ridiculous, funny, or horrifying story to share? We want to hear it. Email us your side of the story at thelaterpodcast at gmail.com. That's L-A-T-E-R podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Until next time, stay safe and stay profesh.